Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. Hello, friends. Thanks for coming back and spending time with us today in the Word of God. We are specifically in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 26. David has been, quote unquote, sold out uh, by the Ziphites, who, by the way, should have known better. They, they have been on the sidelines of some of these skirmishes, and they know that David has behaved himself wisely, but their desire to advance in the kingdom of Saul is more important than their desire to do what's right by the innocent man, David, and such is human nature that we're ladder climbers. You're exactly right, Pastor. People often look, how can I put myself forward the best way? And that is exactly what the people of Ziph have done here. So David's scouts have located Saul. He's built uh, an entrenched position. Uh, they get close enough to identify where Saul is. They get close enough to identify where Abner is. And the Bible says in verse number six, 1 Samuel 26 and verse six, then answered David and said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Abishai, the son of Zeruai, brother to Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with thee. So, I mean, John, what is David thinking here? I'm going to go into the enemy's camp. This guy and 3,000 troops are coming to kill me. Uh, but I'm going to go with a couple other members of a delegation into the very heart of the lion's den. Hey, who wants to sign up for this mission? You know, David is a seasoned warrior beyond doubt, but David has to have confidence that God is going to protect him and that God will guide him and that God will work on his behalf. This is quite a step for David to walk right into the camp of Saul. You know, David throughout his life was willing to walk into places where he was outnumbered, where his only resource would have to be the providence and protection of God. This is not unlike the Valley of Elah many years ago mm -hmm. when he walked alone into that, into that valley against that giant. So here he asks for volunteers and uh, Abishai says, I'm going to go. So David and Abishai, verse number seven, came to the people by night and behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench, and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. But Abner and the people lay round about him. So can you get the picture, my friends? David and Abishai have somehow negotiated their way into the inner part of the camp. They, they, they have to have gotten by the night watchman. They have to have gotten through the bulk of the surrounding troops. They're coming to the very heart of the enemy camp where the general is, where the king is. I mean, this is obviously courage, obviously God's protection, but there's a whole lot of strategy here too on, this, on the part of David and Abishai. You're exactly right, Pastor. If you think of this 
elite army that Saul has with him, I mean, it would take up, you know, a good part of land to have all these people laid, laying down. I mean, just think of this, how it would be. And it often is, you know, often we forget to put ourselves into the setting. We think, you know, David just walks up there, but though he's surrounded, as you mentioned, he's the inner part of the camp. And to sneak in like this past all these men, that would have indeed, have indeed been quite a feat. And, and all the while that you're sneaking into a camp, you have to have the, 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 the idea that, okay, how am I going to get out? I mean, this, this is bravery beyond bravery. So what happens? Well, look at verse number eight. Then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thine hand this day. The reason I'm whispering is because I'm sure that's what Abishai did. He's not declaring this out loud. He's saying, David, David, you know, God did this. Look at, we got all the way on the inside. You can just assassinate him right here. Look at what God did. And this is reminiscent, John, of what happened back in the cave. Oh, it is very much so, just like that, where David's men said, hey, David, look what God's done. He's delivered your enemy into your hand. Let's kill him. You know, this is all going to be over. You can be king. I'm sure they were thinking. And Abishai has that same mentality. You have to love Abishai's heart. David, I'm going to go with you. But Abishai still does not understand the heart of David, which again reminds me in some ways uh, of the disciples of Christ. I think of John 11, when Jesus says, I'm going to go back, you know, to Jerusalem. And they say, well, we'll just go and die with you. Right. <laughs> they don't understand the heart of what Christ is doing. The way that you interpret circumstances tells me a lot about your theology. So Abishai and David are there. Abishai is David's cousin. Uh, Abishai knows David. They, they probably grew up together in some, in some ways. He, he no doubt would be, well, I, I shouldn't say no doubt, but probably um, the same age or older than David. But be that as it may, Abishai should have known by now. He had plenty of episodes in David's life to see what David's responses have been. And yet Abishai's interpretation of the circumstance is, look at what God did. You know, God delivered this enemy so you can kill him. It, it's interesting how people can look at the same situation, interpret it in a totally different way, and both sides can say, God did this. That's exactly right, Pastor. We find that throughout history. We find it even today where people attribute things to God, although they're different viewpoints. David here, being the leader that he is, knows what is right and wrong, and David's going to lead in the right way. Reminds me of the Christian school teams that play basketball, and you've got the, the, the coach on one side huddling with his players, praying for victory, and you've got the coach on the other side huddling with his players, praying for victory. It's like it, they can't both be true, right? And what's happening here is you know, David knows what God is doing. Abishai thinks he knows what God is doing, but they can't both be true. That's exactly right. And that, that's a good thought for people to remember about what God is doing in life and, and what is really important to God as we serve him. Abishai thought that what God was doing was because Abishai wanted to kill Saul, because Abishai wanted to be done with this enemy, because Abishai, so it's almost like confirmation bias. When, when circumstances unfold in a way that I like this, and this would be something, this would be an eventuality I want to see, then this must be God's will. 
and you're allowing circumstances to determine the will of God in your life. Circumstances should never determine God's will in your life. That's a great observation, Pastor. It reminds me, I've known, I've known many people in my life who they happen to walk into a room, see something, oh, this is God's will to do this. They look for some sign or some, whatever the case may be. But circumstances do not control what we do. Just be the Holy Spirit. And we are to be in prayer, seeking God's face, being the word of God. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us. But we cannot just look at circumstances and say, oh yeah, this circumstance, this means this is what God desires us to do. We have to know the heart of God in life. And if we're not careful... I mean, honestly, we do that quite often, even unwittingly. We'll say things like, well, if it works out, then it must have been of God. It must have been, you know, well, if, if, if it doesn't work out, then I guess, you know, God wasn't. And we allow circumstance to be the determiner. I'm not saying that circumstance shouldn't be something we consider, but circumstances are things that can only help us point us to the greater validation of the word of God and prayer. And exactly right, Pastor. I think sometimes God allows circumstances to go a certain way to see whether we will live by principles in God's word and say, well, this circumstance may have aligned in a way I think would be favorable to me, but I realize this is really not a biblical principle I'm living by. This is very selfish. I can't go down this road. So Abner's attitude in verse number eight is God, God delivered the enemy into, into our hand. And he goes on to say in verse eight, now, therefore, let me smite him. I pray thee, let me turn my page here in my Bible. It's kind of sticky. Uh, I pray thee uh, with the spear, even to the earth at once. And I will not smite him the second time. In other words, Abishai said, David, let me handle this. I will get the job done in one fell swoop. Don't you worry. I mean, this will be a fatal wound on the first try. You know, and this is exactly what Satan would love to have had done. He would love for David to have given Abishai permission to kill Saul right on the spot. Again, David will be taking matters into his own hands. And Abishai has a lot of zeal, but he doesn't understand what is the best course of action. Uh, but you have to at least admire Abishai's desire to help David out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think well-meaning people can make wrong decisions. And that that's what we find with Abishai. Verse number nine David said to Abishai, destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? So he comes right back to the refrain of the cave. And what David is saying here is we're going to live by this principle and the circumstance and the opportunity and even our desire is not going to dissuade us from the principle that's going to guide us. And I think David already has taught this concept to his men. Abishai would have been there when David said this before, but it reminds us, you know, that sometimes, many times, principles need to be repeated. People don't catch it on the first time. I'm glad God's been patient with me teaching me in my life. And as we teach the word of God, as we try to help people grow in Jesus Christ, you know, saying something one time we all know is not enough. Many times, often it's re repetition that helps people grasp key concepts. Yeah, and that's a great point. John, but, but not only repetition in the classroom, like, okay, memorize this for the test. It's going to be on the midterm. It's going to be on the final, but repetition in strategic times, like what, what is Abishai seeing? He's seeing the principle. Yes. It's being reiterated as you pointed out, but he's seeing it being reiterated at a time when circumstances are screaming the opposite. 
And that's what makes it that much more powerful is David is walking the walk. He's not just talking the talk. And the Bible says in verse 10, David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him or his day shall come to die or he shall descend into battle and perish. So David said, hey, I don't know how God is going to avenge me of Saul, but I know that God will because I know the character of my God. So I'm not trusting in the how because the how can change. I'm trusting in the who. And the who here is my God that has given me his promise. You know, it reminds me, pastors, you talk about how that often people, often we like to see the how. You know, how is God going to do this? But whenever we have confidence in God and know who God is and know God's character, we don't know, have to know the how. We don't have to have all the answers because we know who God is and we can trust him. We really can. And you wonder, John, if some of what David is saying here, he's saying with a little bit more confidence and a little bit more gusto because of what he learned from Abigail. Because remember, between the cave and the Ziphite situation here in chapter 26 was that that kind of that, that hiccup where David got angry, I'm going to kill Nabal, I'm going to avenge myself. And Abigail had to lovingly remind him, no, David, this is not who you are. This is not how God works. Uh, take a step back. And David acquiesced. He humbly listened. And so now with confidence, he can come back having regained that strength to relive that principle. You know, and Abigail was a great encouragement to David. Yes, she offered him some gentle correction and advice, so to speak, along the way. But it was a great encouragement, what she said, and that had to bolster David as he follows God. And, you know, you, you have to imagine that Abigail was back at the camp. So, I mean, if, if, if David had taken Abishai's advice and gone back and said, hey, Abigail, I avenged myself, I, I could picture her say, putting her hands on her hips saying, well, David, didn't we talk about that? So, man, having to go home and face mama, I mean, that, that can be intimidating. So I don't know if that's a factor, but that's where we're going to close today. Um, hey, my friends, all kidding aside, let, let's be people of principle. Let's be people that know that our God is in control. Uh, circumstances come and circumstances go. One thing we've learned today is that circumstances cannot be the reason that we do things. Uh, God's word must be, and we must trust him, the God of the word. And David provides a great example, even though he had what we would say an incredible opportunity to end his trouble, he didn't because he was a man of principle and a man that loved his God and trusted him. So I hope that helps today. We're going to jump right back into this story next episode. Have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.